Welcome to Engage Your Tribe, a podcast about the art and science of audience engagement. I'm Jeremy Shear, founder and CEO of Tribal Knowledge Podcasting, and my guest is Coltrane Stansbury, VP of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion at Macmillan Learning. Coltrane, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thanks, Jeremy. Glad to be here. So let's get right into it. Diversity, equity, and inclusion are, of course, hot-button issues these days in society at large and in the corporate world. And discussing these issues can all too often result in division and acrimony if you're not careful, or sometimes even if you are careful. So how do you go about creating an atmosphere where Macmillan employees can speak openly and honestly about equity and diversity and inclusion and ask questions and, and maybe even disagree with some of the you know prevailing wisdom? How do you go about doing that? Yes. Yeah, so thanks, Jeremy. I think your question is a complex one, but what it really comes down to is companies are not unlike the rest of society and that they, they harbor or have communities, whether they acknowledge those communities or not, there are formal and informal communities. And all that really means, Jeremy, is that people organize in ways that functionally make sense for them, whether that be to survive, so to speak, because of challenges you have communities other communities operate because they elevate to, to create common goodwill within an organization like volunteer groups. And others are some of the teams that we are more familiar with that run the day-to-day -day of business operations and functions. We can call those communities as well, IT, the IT community or HR community. But, but for DEI purposes, the idea here is to acknowledge people's natural tendency to group by ethnicity, by gender, by specialty community based on heritage or history or, or common elements of uh, functionality or dysfunctionality within society. And so what, what my job is to do, most heads of diversity and equity inclusion at companies, is to acknowledge those natural communities uh, where people have affinity and to give rise to voice for those communities within the corporation. And, and, and that's not just to celebrate differences or uniqueness. But it's also to elevate that uniqueness as a contribution at the company, right? We're mining for diversity of perspectives. And so it's important as we do this work to find out ways to naturally cultivate those communities, make sure they have voice in the company through things like employee resource groups and volunteer activities, celebration of affinity days, but also elevate those those leader, organizational leaders to the capacity of helping uh, us develop better products, better services, and better approaches to how we engage our markets. Okay. Can you give me one example of how that works, how, how that works at yep. uh, Macmillan Learning? So, so at Macmillan Learning, you know, we started off on our DEI journey in an atmosphere where folks are really excited or interested because of what's been happening, at least around racial diversity and racial inequities in the last two years, have been more wanting to do this work on a volunteer basis. So we start our journey with folks of goodwill saying, we don't quite know what we want to do or how to do it, but we know we want to identify ourselves at the company as people volunteering to do something. And so that started the Macmillan Learning Journey probably about two years ago. And um, where we are now was uh, obviously in hiring into my position, 
creating more accountability for how those volunteers cooperate and coordinate along with folks like me who are paid to do this for a living and the department heads and leaders who need to be more responsible for how DEI gets baked into their work. So some of that synthesis between volunteer work and sort of executive and leadership accountability shows up in, as I alluded to, how we've created employee resource groups, right? You could imagine with what happened around George Floyd and all the other heightened awareness around racial inequities, the first employee resource group to organize was our African-American employees. And the purpose was, yes, to reflect on some of the issues going on in the community and in society, but also to bring awareness around those employees who are at McMillan Learning and the employees that we're looking to have in the future, how do we support their growth and how do we create more capacity for them to thrive when they're at the company? Okay. So communication is usually a pretty big part of any initiative associated with a company's culture, building culture. So what role does internal communications play in the initiatives that you just described? Yeah, so so we we partner with our internal corporate comms team on almost all of all of our DEI initiatives, right? So everything from our platforms that are you know owned assets by our our comms team, like our website, our internal intranet site. We want to create virtual spaces for folks internal and external to learn, understand our DEI journey, our mission, our vision, how to connect with us, whether that is seeking opportunity for employment, or in the case of our internal intranet, our comms team works with us to make sure we've got the right built out messages, assets, and helping to inform the way that we introduce events on our virtual calendar, right, for employees to engage in everything from volunteerism to speaker series, right? And then also the messaging that everyone from our president, Susan Winslow, all the way down, that we are cascading the right type of message that's visible to those stakeholders within the McMillan Learning Community. Okay. So what's your strategy for making these communications inclusive? In other words, how do you go about engaging not only employees that are already bought in, that are already engaged with, with DE&I, but those who may be less engaged or feel like, well, this isn't for me or, you know, I don't feel comfortable. What's your strategy for including everybody? Sure. So I think what you're referring to is actually beyond communication. It's into our real engagement mm-hmm. strategy, yeah. right? And our, an engagement strategy, I think, has to be threefold. Number one has to communicate very clearly what are we playing for? What are the goals at McMillan Learning in terms of DEI? Right? We can't solve for all of society's ills and issues around diversity, equity, and inclusion. But what are we trying to solve? And then that's a couple things. We want to make sure that, that, that diversity shows up and inclusion shows up the right way in our products. Right, So that's making sure that our editorial teams are working more equitably around the way that we review our content and our books, our published content, to make sure there's a process to get critical feedback from our communities of learners on what might be what might need to be tweaked or 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 edited or changed and then the process of what we develop in the future that we've got the right insights from our from our teachers, instructors and our students and other educational stakeholders 
on what's appropriate by discipline, right? So it's in the humanities as well as in the sciences. Because we know that it's one thing to be equitable in how you teach, right? So that, that we're accessible and that individuals under that we're speaking the right lexicon to keep students engaged. But another part of that is making sure that whether it's the sciences or the humanities, that we have enough authors, for instance, who are diverse, so that students understand that they're being taught not so much in a monolithic way from a certain viewpoint, but have a diversity of thought leaders who are presenting content to them. So that's that's a major area, that the, a way that it shows up. So that's a way to engage all stakeholders around content. But we also uh, want to make sure that there's a right level of accountability for that work. So we've got to have the right structure internally for people to stay engaged. So that's through employee resource groups that have a meeting cadence, that have a presence on our intranet, that have volunteer opportunities that are constantly open for employees to engage in, and then other opportunities for those to ally. So you may not be from a diversity group, so to speak, but we want to make sure that you've got we've got a strong, robust allyship initiative that we actually just got off the ground about a month ago, allowing all employees to engage in some of the fundamentals of what DEI stands for, looking at inclusive leadership and how to engage your teams, your your part of the community in making sure that diverse people are supported and and have your of your sort of capacity brought to bear and resources to help. Now, I imagine that at, at any company that that's doing these kind of initiatives, there might be some employees, and let's say employees who are not persons of color, in other words, just, you know, white people, and who might worry that, you know, I want to be involved with this, but am I allowed to say, you know, whatever I want, like whatever I think? What if I say the wrong thing? Am I going to get in trouble? Because we've seen examples of that, Right. Folks at other companies who get fired or forced yes. out or whatever, you know, even if their intentions are not harmful, they've said something that turns out to be, you can't right. say that you're gone. I'm sure this is a fear, at least in some people's right. minds. So what do you, what's your take on that? No, I, I hear you, Jeremy. And, and some of that is a type of, yes, fear of getting it wrong. And I think that starts with, as I talked about earlier, creating the right allyship journey, right? So that we're addressing what inclusive leadership really looks like, how to have difficult conversations, right? So I just ran our first allyship cohort uh, this past week, actually. And one of the things we did was scenario-based training, where we actually go through, Jeremy, some of those hot topics, uncomfortable situations you could be confronted with. Everything from recruiting moments with an agenda experience where you're trying to hire a woman and explain or express her leadership style and how to control for subjective language and terms, right? Things like saying she was too strong, right? That are sort of loaded terms and subjective and really don't bring to bear sort of this real true lens that we want to see leaders through, right? So helping build a lexicon around equitable terms and ways of defining and describing a person's capacities, skills, right, leadership, and some of their challenges is, is important. And that kind of controls for some of the stumbles and falls that you can have. We can't catch for all of those, right? We can't control for all of those. 
But we also want to create an environment where people feel comfortable having those uncomfortable conversations. And I think it's the job of every DEI leader to make sure there's the right forums to go through the practicing, so to speak, right, offline, that folks can get comfortable thinking through in a scenario-based environment the right gotcha. thing to do. So now you're relatively new in this role. Am I right? It's it's four months, five months, something like that? Yeah, four, four, month, four months in, the, in the, the formal role I'm in now. I've been in DEI in corporate, corporate probably, probably for the past 11 years. And I started that journey at Johnson & Johnson, where I was there for about eight years working first on a disparity initiative in diverse communities in um, the United States, working in urban at-risk communities around healthcare, health literacy, and partnering with school districts to do it. And then, you know, working at J&J on expanded internal and external DEI work and and have, have then been at a few other companies before landing here at McMillan Learning. Okay, that's interesting. So you've had a lot of experience with this well before our current moment post-George yeah. Floyd and so on. So at in your current role at McMillan, what's been the single biggest challenge so far for you in getting things set up and getting things rolling? Yeah, the big, I think the biggest challenge, Jeremy, is making sure that we're all coming up with the common definition of what success looks like, mm. right? So hitting the ground running, your first 90 days on the job leading DEI has to be creating the right strategy. And the right strategy is not only is not just what looks good to Coltrane based on where I've been and what I've been exposed to, but it's about understanding what the corporate will is in terms of the executives to do this type of work. What does how does this work show up and should show up within the products and services we deliver? So how is DEI not just a nice to have good thing to do? How is it impacting positively our bottom line? And then also being able to understand how the organization best fits into its market as a leader in terms of DEI, right? What are other companies that sell what we sell or approach or connect with the market that we share? What are they doing? And how can we in some way not always compete with them, but also share, compare notes and create the types of ventures and communities that support all of those who, who we sort of connect with? Very good. Okay. So final thoughts. What's your advice for somebody in your role at a different company who who is just getting started, let's say, and building a DE&I initiative from the ground up? What's the crucial first step? I think the, the, the crucial first step, Jeremy, is to do create a listening tour. You've got to make sure that you're listening to the employee voice and um, understanding what some of the challenges are and what some of the opportunities are. And the way to do that is to have the right set of questions and the right rounds that you're making. The obvious is talking to all of the the, the exec, corporate executives, but some of the less obvious things you need we need to do uh, as a leader is talk with those communities that we, we mentioned earlier, where there are existing employee resource groups, where there are informal communities, right? Where you may find diversity within a function that's just not organized. You may have people of color in IT, for instance, in a certain geography, right, that that you suspect are less engaged than other employees at the company. So you've got to do your rounds, everything from your executives to those who you suspect are disengaged. You've got to look at any data that's already been collected from employee surveys, right, any culture surveys that may have been done 
that hear that you can hear the employee voice, and then obviously look at any representation data that HR may have been gathering, right? So you have an understanding everything from exit interviews to representation data on where diversity sits in the organization, who's been promoted, who's how long folks have been in roles as well, and then what your, our hiring practices are in terms of the diversity of our slates when we hire and how many diverse candidates are actually being converted to full-time employment. I think these are all things that, that, that can be overwhelming. This is where all, often the consultants come out, right, and offer um, their services. But I think you have, you have to have a cool head about it, understand what parts you can, con, you can control for and what things you're listening for that can be quick wins versus long-term wins, and then give, a, give, give yourself time to think through what added resources, if anything, you're going to need to get the job done. Okay, excellent advice. So Coltrane... How can folks uh, connect with you if they have questions or want to continue the conversation? Absolutely. You can reach out to me by email, coltrane.stansbury at mcmillan.com. That's uh, C-O-L-T-R-A-N-E dot Stansbury, S-T-A-N-S-B-U-R-Y. I'm also on LinkedIn as well. And I look forward to anyone who'd like better insights and to connect on DEI issues to reach out. Very good. Well, Coltrane, thank you so much for your time and for a great conversation. Absolutely, Jeremy. Thank you for the forum and opportunity. That's it for this episode of Engage Your Tribe. You can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts on any podcast app. And while you're at it, you might as well give the show five stars and leave an over-the-top comment about how much you love the podcast. You know you want to. If you're a marketer or an internal communicator and you're interested in podcasting, we've got tons of free resources on the website at tribknowledge.com. That's T-R-I-B knowledge.com. Thanks for listening and staying engaged.